Hi, everyone. Eve Harrow, Rejuvenation on the Land of Israel Network. It is May 9th, 2023, the 18th day of the year, 5783. And I'm sitting in the Judean Hills, uh, safe and quiet in the Judean Hills in my home. And a lot of craziness is going on just a few kilometers away from here. Last week, Israel suffered, the southern part of Israel suffered a tremendous wave of bombing coming out of Gaza. Apparently, apparently, Israel was going to respond on Friday, but we had a really weird, it doesn't only come out now, we had this really weird sandstorm, like the Friday morning was beautiful, and then out of nowhere, there were winds and sand, and apparently, that's why I was put off, but not that everything revolves around me, of course, but a couple of months ago already, I had planned a trip for when Israel funded a bus trip to the Western Negev to ride around Gaza for Sunday. And I didn't know what it was going to be. And um, no, I have to say, nobody canceled. Everybody was like waiting to see what it was going to be. Everything was quiet. I got, um, I got a clearance from, from the security director. And on Sunday morning, I had a full bus. Nobody canceled. And we went down to the Western Negev, two places that, if you listen to the news today, are all closed. 36 hours. We had an amazing day, just an amazing day. And 36 hours later, all hell broke loose. And it's it's just so incredible. There was like this little window of opportunity. And um, I'm, I'm so happy we were able to do it because for the people that were on the bus with me, it's like in their brains still, it's in their mind's eye. Where we were, the people we saw, you know, we went to stay road, stopped off, you know, to go to the bathroom after the long ride from Jerusalem. And now they, they picture Stay Road in their minds and the people just milling around who are now having to stay 15 seconds from a bomb shelter. We saw the bomb shelters everywhere. They're just like every block. is 15 seconds is not a long time. They're all painted beautifully and colorfully trying to make something that is, I mean, it's, I guess it's scary. What it means is scary, but it's also safety. Um, but trying to make them into little pieces of art, if possible. And we went up to Tetzpitz Kobe, to Andatat Kobe. It's a beautiful overlook of Gaza from Sterot. used to be just like this mound of a hill that people would go up on and be able to look into Gaza um, if they wanted to, see how close Beit Hanun is, like half a kilometer away. It's crazy ridiculous. Um, but now it's been fixed up in the last couple of years, and uh, it replays one of the battles where there's like a there was a tunnel infiltration and soldiers were killed, including one who was the son of neighbors of mine, Hyman. And you can really see it's all you know, like laid out, and there's glass. I assume it's bulletproof glass, and you can really look out. And we saw Ashkelon, and we saw the line that divides. Israel from Gaza. I don't know if it's technically a border. I really need to check into that. Definitely the post, the 48 lines were not. And Israel leaving Gaza unilaterally, I don't know if that makes it considered an international border or still an armistice line. I want to check on the legalities of that. As you guys all know, I'm like very pedantic on the terminology. But anyway, so we saw all of that, the uh, electric plant, everything explained to them how my daughter had served there. We saw the balloons in the sky um, that Israel has with the cameras looking down. We went from there to visit the ancient, the mosaic of the ancient synagogue um, in Ma'on Nirim, the Jews living there uh, during the Byzantine period uh, in that little corner of the Negev. Wasn't an easy place to be, but it was all, it was like, like they were, you know, calling out to us. Like we were here and now we're back. And a lot of the symbols 
on the mosaic familiar to us from still from our Jewish ritual, the shofar, the etrog, uh, the menorah, of course. So we were, there's a mikvah right next to it. So we were there for a little bit. And then we kept going south and we stopped at the steel tower, the memorial for the paratroopers from the six day war that was originally in the Sinai. But when we leave there with our treaty, I'd like to call it a peace treaty. I hope it holds with Egypt. Um, it was brought in back into Israel for fear of it being desecrated. So we spoke about that. And then we went all the way down to the corner of the Negev and the Sinai and Gaza, Kerem Shalom, little community with huge walls. They're also painted with beautiful pictures, but on the other side of the walls is a really terrible enemy. And we saw their newly planted vineyard. I was in touch with the head of security there who wasn't able to make it back in time to meet with us, but he told me to go find and show them a little vineyard. They planted saplings with very deep roots, one sapling for each child in the community, because even though it is an insanely crazy place to live, the community is growing and people are coming in. Religious young couples are joining some of the original kibbutz families that were there and strengthening the community and they have a little peephole like a little metal window you can climb up a ladder and look through right into the crossing of Kerem Shalom you see all these trucks bringing all kinds of equipment and food and humanitarian things into Gaza and just a few days before that one of the trucks coming out of Gaza which had furniture for um for the Palestinian Authority in Judea and Samaria was found to be also carrying weapons. They were hidden. The, the suspicions of one of the inspectors was somehow aroused, and he opened it up, and sure enough, they found weapons. So we're trying to keep things open for humanitarian reasons, and of course, the world is yelling at Israel, oh, it's this tremendous blockade, and blah, blah, all right? And the actual, <laughs> the reality and the truth, for anybody who cares, but I know you guys do, is um, that they will use that to kill what we do to try and bring life even to our enemies and health and a goodness even to our enemies that they will take advantage to kill. It's just so depressing. It's just really so depressing. And in a podcast I heard this week, actually, that's talking about, well, it was mainly talking about the woke situation and talking about how it's really paganism. It's child sacrifice when you sterilize your children, which is what you do when you turn them from, you know, male to female when they're nine years old or whatever it is. But, you know, we're also dealing with um, jihadists who's also child sacrifice way back to that. Okay. Their children, our children, anybody's children. And um, especially after being in Egypt, it keeps coming back to me, that ancient world, which I just saw in a different way. You see how the Bible, how the Torah attempted and to a great degree succeeded in changing people's perceptions of what's right and what's moral and the importance of life and not sacrificing what's most precious to you, which is your children. That's not what God wants, but we're still fighting it. Over 3,000 years after that book was handed down, we are still fighting that idea. And some people have once again elevated murder, wanton murder, into a great thing. And by smacking the label on, we're doing it for God, then they think that that justifies everything. It's just, um, it's appalling. It's just appalling. Anyway, from there, from Kerem Shalom, we went to Shlomit. Um, a town that was just started about 15 years ago or so in the sand dunes that are, were so barren that even Yasser Arafat, may he burn forever, wouldn't take them along the uh, Egyptian border, abutting Aza. And uh, 
And now there's there's communities there. There's some communities there in an area that's called Chevel Shalom, um, where people had resettled after they had to leave the Sinai um, 40 years ago. But now there are some of the people from Gush Katif have joined them, and we spoke to Yoni. We had a beautiful lunch there, a beautiful catered lunch, and we spoke to Yoni. And it's in my mind also, his enthusiasm, his joy at the community that they're building. It's not easy at all. Oh my God, at all. They're so far from everything. But, um, and it's so hot and it's all sand, but they're building a beautiful community. And, and those are the edges of the country and those are the pioneers of the country. And we saw it. And then we went up to Tse'ilim, not far from there, still considered uh, Western Negev, to an unbelievable museum of the collection from a, a family that in Jerusalem for over a hundred years made medallions and virtually everything that was made out of metal. Just learn about the history of the last hundred years from Haley Selassie to the Jewish underground to the Russian compound and the churches. Like they threw away, his father passed away. They threw away 90% of like the so-called junk that they had accrued over a century. But, um, but he made an unbelievable museum for what was left. It's a, it was fabulous. And it was important to go also. Um, he was, he's a kibbutznik, and uh, he's also there for a long time. And since 1974, they just privatized like a, a different kind of community. We saw a lot of different kind of communities, a town, a kibbutz, small, you know, a new town that's just starting. And we really got a sense of life in the Western Negev. And then this morning to wake up and here, yet all those people, all those roads that we were on are closed. If you want to get to your community, you have to go like through the fields. And uh, people are asked to stay in their shelters. I'm going to try and do now is call a friend of mine, Adele Reamer, who lives in Nirim. Hi. Hi, Adele. I'm taping right now. I'm taping the podcast. Where are you? Okay. I'm at home. Okay, tell us home. My listeners are listening. Where's I home? live on Kibbutz Nirim, and I actually just came back because I had a friend visiting me from the States, and she's supposed to be leaving Israel tomorrow morning, but I wanted to, her to get out of rocket range ASAP. So I drove her to the regional council going through numerous roadblocks, put her in a taxi, and, and she's on her way to safety, and I safely got back home and so the question of course what you're saying now begs the question if you're already out of rocket range why didn't you stay out of rocket range no i wasn't out of rocket range i it ah. was just within the regional council i okay. was like i put myself out a lot of danger yes if the rockets had started flying if all that area is in rocket range right but um, you came home. i put her on a taxi that would take her out of rocket range and to tel aviv okay but you came home why? I came home. Okay. Yes, that's what I do. <laughs> okay. Can you put into words why you do that? It's it's important to me to be home. I I feel I feel secure here, knowing what's going on. I I feel it's important to bear witness to what's going on to the world. I have already shot out a TikTok this morning about my ride, and I'm uh, blogging and vlogging and letting the world know what's going on here. Well, how can people, after this podcast goes out, how can people find you and follow you really from the front line? So I am Zionist on the border on Instagram and TikTok. Okay. Uh, on Facebook, I have a Facebook group 
group called Life on the Border with Gaza. I'm giving all sorts of interviews, which uh, the first one is for, uh, I don't remember who it's for. Oh, the first one is for Eve Harrow on her podcast. (laughs) Really? Wow. Yes, the first one for today is uh, with Eve Harrow. And I'll be giving, I have at least one more lined up with um, ILTV. Mm-hmm. So tell us what happened, what's going on in the last few hours. I was just telling my listeners, I was I was in the area with a bus of people on Sunday. We were in Kerem Shalom, uh-huh. we were in Shlomit, we were in Sterot, we were all over the place there. And, you know, for the people on the bus with me, all those places are now real and alive, as are the people that we met and the roads that we were on, uh-huh. you know, in a way that just, I mean, it's like mind boggling. We had this little window um, and it makes it so much more real for all of us who aren't there. So mm-hmm. tell us what's happened since, uh, basically since the middle of the night for you. So in the middle of the night, as I said, my friend was here. She mm-hmm. was sleeping in the safe room, which is my, also my guest room. I was sleeping in my bedroom and, uh, the phone started ringing. Uh, it, it didn't, it, there's a phone in the safe room and in the bedroom. She picked it up first. So I sort of thought it was like part of my dream. And all of a sudden she came in and said, your daughter called and she said that we have to get into the safe room. So we slept together in the safe room. Slept. I wouldn't call it slept. Well, where's your it daughter was, that um, she that she's the one who heard first? She, my daughter is on Nirim as well. Mm-hmm. But I have my phone on silent from 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. So I don't get these announcements so she called me I I would have happily kept on sleeping because I know that if there is an attack I hear the red alert incoming rocket warning and then I jump up and I run Mm -hmm. into the safe room but Mm -hmm. uh, as long as she woke me ready I went in and didn't want to freak my friend out you know saying oh it's okay I'll stay in bed so I went into the safe room we closed the door we were there, slept, didn't sleep, was trying to follow what was happening. So what happened is that there were these senior members of the terrorist organization, Islamic Palestinian Islamic Jihad, or also known as PIG or PIG, like I like to call them, mm. were uh, who were undermining stability and responsible for shooting at residents of the South and directing attacks from Judea and Samaria. Um, they were um, assassinated. Uh, strategically take uh, assassinated right meaning um, that israel well does meaning that israel does whatever it can to uh, protect Sorry? civilians meaning that israel does whatever it can above and beyond to protect civilians to really pinpoint Absolutely. the terrorists mm-hmm. and take them out sometimes with their spouse who are just as involved as they are but really mm-hmm. not just go willy-nilly carpet bombing the way people make it sound that's not what happens here Mm -hmm. at all okay absolutely absolutely so when that happened or possibly before that happened we got notification to be near the safe room Mm -hmm. um so so i went into the safe room so the the idf also attacked um tens of weapons storage and production sites and military sites of the Islamic Jihad um, with planes and helicopters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, supposedly now they're having funerals and we've been waiting the whole morning for the possibility of rocket fire, which no doubt will come. If if last week a, um, a terrorist who was a prisoner 
starved himself to death in an Israeli prison, refused medical help, and that caused rockets. This, no doubt, will cause rockets. We're just hoping that the Hamas doesn't get involved as well, because if it's just the Islamic Jihad, then it'll be. it's likely to be a much shorter round. If the Hamas are involved, then we could be looking into something that will take much longer. Mm-hmm. And the Israeli government has already given this operation a name, Shield and Arrow, which, yes. of course... Reminds Do us you know of today's Lag- yeah, because today's Lagba Omer and all the bonds. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so shield for the fact that it was a preemptive strike, mm-hmm. and arrow be, because Lagba Omer, we there are arrows and bows and arrows, right? And the initials are Moach. Moach means brain, ah. and uh, it's to say that Israel will attack when it's appropriate mm-hmm. for defense of Israeli citizens targeting high-quality targets accurately. Mm-hmm. And some of these terrorists were let out of Israeli jails for the, in the Gilad Shalit deal, um, which I spoke about when I was in Kerem Shalom and we were peeking out of that little window that they have there to the crossing point, and that's where Gilad Shalit was taken, and kind of like, you know, it all it all comes together. And what, you know, if someone's thinking like, well, why wouldn't Hamas get involved? So just to explain a little to our listeners about the hatred between the different terror groups, yes, they're united in trying to kill uh, Jews and Christians and anyone get they can hands on, but they also hate each other. So it's possible that Hamas will stay out. Right. So it's possible Hamas will stay out. Yeah, it's a collaborating crazy with each other if possible. But mm-hmm. the bottom line is Islamic Jihad are much smaller and much weaker. And the Islamic Jihad can't get anything out if the Hamas don't know about it and don't agree to it. It's this crazy dance that we're constantly trying to do yeah. between their tensions and what's going on there. And I'm sure there are Egypt or other countries also trying to get in there and negotiate a little bit and quiet all this down before. Mm-hmm. But look, it can get out of hand, as you and I know. Things can get out of hand, you know, once you get into this kind of situation. Uh, you know, even if they shoot just to kind of make noise and God forbid, you know, c- civilians are hurt here and or other things happen or a bomb lands not where it was intended to, which can so easily happen. Um, and things can get out of hand very, very, very quickly. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And now we're facing a terrorist organization whose modus operandi is double war crime, shooting at the civilian population while using the relevant residents of Gaza as their human shield. Yeah, exactly. So I, I I don't want to keep you. I know you're sitting close to the to the shelter and you're keeping an eye on the news and mm-hmm. or an ear on the news. But um, some of my mm-hmm. listeners who, who might not be familiar with you might be surprised to hear that you actually consider yourself a peace activist and that you do a lot. And I and I was thinking of you this morning because I knew that while you're sitting there in your shelter and all this craziness was going on, I was following your post, you're also worried about friends that you have in Gaza and concerned that they not be hurt. How does, how does this work for you? I, it's very difficult because what goes on in, in Gaza is very, very dangerous. They do not have a government that is taking care of them, that builds safe shelters for them that even builds any kind of bomb shelters for them. Their government invests all of their money in underground tunnels in order to protect their leaders and their weapons. 
uh, and and not their people. So it's when whenever something like this happens, we we are concerned for the people that live in Gaza because the Gazans are not our enemies. Our enemies are the terrorists, so the Hamas, the Islamic Jihad, and these terror organizations hold them hostage. They to to get up the, the friends that I have that dared get up and and speak against them were jailed, were tortured, were killed. So it's it's a very precarious situation, and we when something like this happens, we we hold the the citizens, the civilians of Gaza in our hearts and hope for their safety as well as for ours. Now, that's uh, an amazing, I'll use the word tension that you live with all the time. And I don't know whether to tell you that you're nuts or tell you that you're the most incredible person I've ever met. I'm like somewhere, to- <laughs> that's my tension. All right. Because it's easy to just say, oh, you know, they should all go to hell. And to be able to see the humanity in the situation and have your friends and feel for them. Although I have to say that they wouldn't need bomb shelters if they didn't shoot at Israel. Israel has no intention. terrorists didn't shoot at Israel. Exactly. Exactly. Israel has no evil designs on Gaza, left Gaza in 2005, hoping that this would be the end of the conflict and that would, you know, and they would have their own lives. And of course... That hasn't been what's happened at all and uh, suffering Mm -hmm. terribly with really no end in sight. I mean, even if Israel manages to knock off a lot of the big terrorists today, we're not going back into Gaza. We're not taking it over. And it's just, you know, it'll be an interlude and maybe bias a little bit of quiet. But the major problems Mm -hmm. are still going to be out there until these terror organizations are completely eradicated. Uh, For sure. For sure. The question is, how does one do that? Mm-hmm. Is it even yeah. possible? Is it even possible? Very, exactly. very, yeah, very, very exactly. hard. And and I always explain to people the situation is like, you know, when you, you go to the doctor's office and he takes a little hammer and hits your knee and your foot flies up. Mm-hmm. So that's what, that's what it's like here. Judea and Samaria and Gaza are connected. When something happens in Judea and Samaria, we get rockets from mm-hmm. Gaza. And when stuff is happening here, you people in Judea and Samaria are in danger as well. Right. Although I did tell you, you could come to me because right at the moment where I live in a, in the Judean Hills is a tad bit safer than where you live. So we all just need to care <laughs> about you. each other. And that's what happens here in Israel. When the people in the North are having problems from Lebanon, people in the center invite them down. You're, I know that some people in your area have been evacuated or some of the kids to, to areas maybe that are a little bit quieter. And that's what we have to do until Monday, please God, things quiet down and we can live whatever normal life yeah, is. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to say, I have gotten so many offers of to host me and, and it's, it's just always so heartwarming. Well, I have really good cookies. I just have to Israel say. Really, uh, despite all of the political stuff that's going down now, mm-hmm. Israel is one people and, and we, we have each other's backs. Yes, we do. We do. Okay, Adele, stay safe, and uh, hopefully so the situation will calm down. And thank you. Okay, we will be in touch. Okay. Bye-bye, sweetie. Yeah, thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, so that is literally live from the Gaza border, and it's quiet. When when I arranged with her, I wanted to you know do what we just did. Um, we weren't sure what would be going on. I mean, she said I can tentatively tell you that I can come on, but like who knows? And we weren't didn't even know if in the middle of of the talk, if she would if she suddenly hear a siren and have to run into the safe room. So. 
Um, that didn't happen. And you really got to hear from somebody who's very, very brave uh, among the people that I know. Um, there are a lot of them, just a lot of simple, so-called simple people who are holding the borders and holding the line. And of course, have to also very much um, wish safety to all our soldiers, the pilots of the planes and everyone everywhere who are now on very, very high alert everywhere. Um, even some reserves have been called in. So we're going to see what's going on with that and um, just wish them all, them and to be, to be wise, to be protected and to be safe against an enemy that um, is not just our enemy. And, uh, and I, hope, I hope people in the world understand, even though I don't have too much hope for that. In any event, speaking of the world, so I have, um, I have really good news. One of my daughters got engaged. She's going to be getting married in New York, actually, at the end of June. And so I have a trip that I hadn't planned, but obviously I'm going. At the end of June, beginning of July, I will be in the New York, New Jersey, that area. And um, if I'm already there, I would love to come and speak in your community so you can be in touch with me. Um, I think even the Shabbat of... July 8th is still open and um, some other evenings and some other days. I can also fly out somewhere close for a day. So if that interests you, um, that was kind of a surprise trip. So be in touch with me, uh, eve.hara1r at gmail.com. And we'll see what we can do. I'm also going to be in the States. This was planned at the beginning of August. I'll also, I'll be in New York, in Aspen, in Los Angeles, but I do have a couple of open dates so um, I can come to your community. And people have already been asking me for after the holidays, like for the end of October. So um, working on that tour as well. And my website is more or less up and running again after Corona. Uh, so you can go on there also and see some of the topics of the things that I speak about. Or you can just write to me directly and I'll send them to you and try and bring Israel with all its glory and all its tension and all its... <laughs> Wow, just really no words um, to you and a lot of you know different academic talks that I give also and uh, and be there to also to answer questions and to really try and put a human face on a very, very interesting situation. Much rather see you here, but if that's not possible, then I am happy to come to you. And those are dates that I'm in any event going, so um, you can piggyback on that and uh, and let me know. All right, I've got a lot to do today. Um, a lot of catching up to do spent yesterday, also filming a couple of virtual videos that I've been doing. Uh, and hopefully those will come out in the next couple of weeks and just trying to do whatever I can to keep you all connected with this incredible place. Um, I guess if you're going to be God's people in God's country, then um, you can kind of semi expect to have a lot of attention and a lot of things aimed at us, both good and not so good. So thanks to Tabitha and to Ben for putting out the show. Eve Harrow, Rejuvenation on the Land of Israel Network. Take care, everybody. Be safe wherever you are. And goodbye for now. Only the poem that sets the heart on fire, says Uritz V. Greenberg, is not a falsehood like all other achievements. Its truth is the only truth. And I'll tell you the truth. I'm here to try and tell you the truth as I see it. Because I'm Rav Mike Foyer, and this is The Jewish Story. Join Rav Mike Foyer for the best Jewish history podcast, The Jewish Story, on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com.
www.thinkingfaith.com.